Welcome to the Just Grace Podcast. My name is Eloy, and on the show, we talk about all things that need grace. On today's episode, we got my buddy Don Clegg What's on up? the cast today. Yeah. Uh, one of my close friends. So happy to have him on. Don, go ahead and introduce yourself. So my name is Don, and I am here today with wonderful Eloy Romero. Little Eloy, as I have come to know him. Wow. After knowing your father is big Eloy. Um, yeah. No matter how old I get, it's still it's not gonna leave me in, unfortunately. <laughs> so he's gonna follow you, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so it's good to be here, man. Just come on, share a little bit about myself. Uh I would love to get into the book of James with you like we've been discussing. And um I am a recovered heroin addict, so I'm sure we'll get into that as well. Just wanna talk about the transformation that Jesus has had in my life and just being remade and renewed, you know? Yeah, that's uh, it's awesome to see the work that Christ does in every individual Christian because it's so impactful and so life-altering and life-changing. And so we can talk to different believers and, man, go on forever about the goodness of, of Jesus yeah. in our lives. Yeah. So share us a little bit about what was your life like before Christ? How did Christ find you? Where did he find you? That kind of thing. And uh, what kind of changes, big alterations have been made in your life since encountering Jesus? Oh, man. Where to even start? So uh, I was raised in church. It was You know, I was born and raised Christian. My mom's a pastor's daughter, preacher's kid. And so uh, we were always faith-based. We were always at church. Uh, that, was, that was always a part of our life, you know. And so I got to the point. You know, you hit you hit puberty. You get older. You uh, start wanting to live your own life, do your own things. And so I rebelled hard. I went my own way. I started partying and running around with the wrong people. Completely turned my back on the Lord. And so that took me down a really dark path. Like I said, I'm a recovered heroin addict. So I was uh, at one point in and out of jail. Um, done everything you could possibly think of, substance wise and stuff like that. And so. Um, it's amazing to see where I'm at now, how I'm even still alive, how I still have my mind intact, you know, how I can actually think and do things thoroughly. I got my family back, you know, and it's it's all because of the grace of God that he decided to keep me safe through it all. It's definitely because of, I always like to say it's because of my mom's prayers, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still alive because my parents never stopped praying for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's always something I like to kind of point back to, but. It's just amazing to see where I'm at now, you know, just completely involved in church. Um, youth leader, I'm helping out with the kids. I get to preach every once in a while and uh, just getting to be part of what's happening over at our church at Legacy Legacy Christian Church. Yeah. It's, it's a great time, man. It's, I, I'm not, I couldn't be happier, you know what I mean? Well, I remember when I first met you, uh, it was a Bible study in my dad's house and it was... Uh, it was you and like two or three other guys. And man, I was looking at this dude and I was like, he's about to fall asleep. Yeah. I don't know what he's on, but brother, I don't know if he's all here. And man, can you believe it? This dude, when I first met him to now, he's like a completely different guy. Amen. He's a guy that I see. He always got the smile on his face. Always, uh, you know, got them rosy cheeks. Always. Be, 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 <laughs> I can't help it, man. It's Bakersfield. I can't help it. It's too hot out here. It's too hot, man. This is how it is. 
yeah when when you, when you first met me when i was first at your guys' house like that i was i had literally just kicked like i had just kicked heroin you know like i was maybe two weeks clean. no yeah like it was yeah going through it i was a mess man but now look at what god has done and as we like don mentioned earlier going through the book of james just the first four verses or so uh, we're gonna, really going to look at the grace of God in our lives to bring us through difficult situations, which we couldn't have got ourselves out of, oh, yeah. but only by his strength and power does he bring out his children yeah. and bring them through. So it's a good God that we serve, a good friendship that we that we have, uh, obviously just rooted in the work of Christ. Yeah. You know, otherwise me and Don probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Oh, for sure. You know, Don is like, how old are you, Don? Uh, just turned 31 in March. Just so. turned 31. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. yeah. I know I probably look a little older than that. It was, life was not easy on me out there, but. Mm. Ah. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing all right. But Well, if you don't know Don, he has uh, a nice beard. Oh, yeah. Not me. I'm 24 <laughs> and still can't do nothing. So, but God has brought us together. So that's great. Get some miracle grow on that stuff. Amen. <laughs> miracle grow. <laughs> All right, buddy. So let's go ahead and dive into the book of James. It's one that you have mentioned to me personally has really impacted your life. Oh, yeah. You you were saying um, you were flipping through the Bible one day and you landed in James. Kind of tell me that story. Yeah. So when I when I ended up here in Bakersfield, I went to the Salvation Army. I was court ordered. It's a six-month rehab program. And so I was sitting in the chapel one morning. I had been there for like a month or so. And like I said, I grew up in church, so I knew where I needed to turn to. I knew at some point, you know, I had to give my life back to the Lord, but now it was time to actually dig in and really learn who he was. And so I heard all these guys quoting different scriptures, like they had their go-to verses. And until so I'm sitting in the chapel one morning and I'm like, God, like I want my go-to verse. You know, I want my staple verse. I want that, that one that just jumps off the page at me that I can always turn to no matter what. Mm. And so at the time, I didn't even know the book of James was in the back of the Bible. And so I started flipping through the pages and like just I just stuck my finger in at one point and I looked down and I read James one, two through four. And I was like, okay, God, like I hear you. You know, I hear you. That's it. This is my go to, you know, just to consider it all joy, my brethren, whenever you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so, like I said, I'm a recovered heroin act, and so I've been through some stuff. You know, I've been through some crazy trials and, and things in my life. And so, to understand that there was, like, there was a, there was a, um, a reason for it all, you know, there was, he was trying to do something in my life. Like, yes, he was trying to hit me over the head because I was stubborn and dumb, which is what I needed. I mean, I was stuck in my ways but you understand that through everything he's he's perfecting you he's completing you so that you can fulfill his plan yeah and that's the ultimate in place for the believer is to be perfected by god yeah and what james is going to get at is the way god goes about perfecting us is through fire oh yeah and so there's no way to escape it yeah Uh, if you're if you're a christian you're promised some hard times, but if you're a Christian, you're promised that those hard times will make you uh, into the person God has created you to be. Amen. So let's go ahead and dive into James. You kind of quoted it a little bit. 
when you read through it right now. Go ahead and give me a background. Who was James? Uh, a little bit about the text before we dive in verse by verse. So James, James is awesome, man. James was uh, Jesus's half brother. So like we were talking about, there's different debates on if it was James, son of Alphaeus or uh, James, uh, Jesus' half brother, but mostly everybody leans to it being James, Jesus' half brother. And it's more fun that way. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's cool to think, man. It's cool to think. And so, um, like Jesus was, step, you know, he had stepbrothers yeah. and, uh, it's, it's just awesome to think, man. I, I, I met my wife and so I have two step kids technically. And so mm-hmm. it, I show them the same love. There's, there's always just a special spot. Like people should love these kids as their own, yeah. you know, there's, that's, that's a whole different side tangent. But, um, so James was this amazing believer. He, uh, was said to have huge calluses on his knees because he was always praying. And so he was big, he was big, knobby, this knobby kneed old man because he was always on his knees praying. So they would have to like carry him in and out of the uh, temple. And so, like, he literally, if you almost picture like a camel, you know, a camel's knees, you know, he had these big old knobby knees from praying all the time. And it's because he had, it's, his brother had such an impact in his life. You know, if you think about growing up with Jesus as your brother, I mean, it would be, it'd be tough. Mm. It'd be tough. You know, it's, it's tough enough having a, like a better sibling or something. And you're, you're thinking about trying to live up to their expectations. Like the, your mom and dad hold you up to like a higher standard or something like that. And I'm sure there, there was probably some tension in there. You oh, know, I bet. there was probably some tension, but, um, at the end of it, he, he sees his, his brother go up on the cross that day and understands like, man, my, my brother is the Christ, you know, he is the son of uh, the living God. You know, he, he rose again that third day and he was made a believer. Yeah. After the resurrection. And it's wild to think about somebody who might have resented his brother ends up worshiping his brother. And that's a case that we make for the evidence of Christ's resurrection was his family yeah. that was changed. Cause man, if you don't like one of your siblings, even if they do something good for you, you know, you're just like, no, nah, I still want to be mad. But with James, he's like, I can't deny it. Yeah. He was God. Yeah. Regardless of how I want to feel, maybe it's like, oh, he was right this whole time. Like, man, how humbling is that? Huge. It'd be huge. It'd be, it'd be super humbling. I'm sure they were fighting over who was mom's favorite, like I was talking about, you know, and mm. just to finally get to that point where he sees it all come together. But I mean, we all go through that same almost kind of transformation in our lives. You know, at one point I, wow. I turned my back on Jesus. I didn't want anything to do with him. I didn't, I thought he was just another person. I didn't think he was anything special. You get the world that the world will start to pour into you. Like this was just another man or he had some sort of Christ consciousness and he wasn't actually like the son of the living God. And, um, that, that gets into the whole like hippy dippy new age type stuff. And, um, that's, that too is a whole different conversation for a different time, but, um, it's what we do. It's, it's the same transformation in all of our lives. You finally understand what happened that day on the cross that he rose three days later. And now we are remade and renewed in him. Yeah. To go from kind of, we can talk about resentment and rejection into worship, like you're talking about, like a camel. 
right? <laughs> Moved so much to become this new person changed yeah. by God himself. And we do all go through that transformation. That's yeah. a wonderful uh, point to, uh, to make. So great stuff. Let's start with verse one. Uh, well, verse one's kind of an intro, so we don't really, um, but it's good to read. I don't mind reading it. So the book of James starts like this, James, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes of the dispersion. So, wow. He, he starts this book claiming to be not just a brother, but he's like, I'm not even that. I'm a servant. Yeah. So you imagine that transformation. Yeah. Even you're talking about in our personal lives when we can go from having nothing to do with God I hate him. I don't believe in him, whatever it is to now saying being a servant that, that right there, if you can make that claim that Jesus Christ is your Lord, then that is where salvation is truly found. And that's where you can see where your heart truly is. And if you're listening right now and you cannot make that claim that Jesus Christ is Lord, that I am a servant of God, then that's where we have to take these really hard looks at our life, at our souls, at our eternity, and ask those questions and and pray that God would move us to be able to answer that yeah. the way James has. Yeah. So, amen. Like wonderful way to start start the uh, the whole book. So, verse two, you can go ahead and read it, and then kind of discuss it. I mean, you can go back and forth on it. Oh, yeah, of course. So consider it all joy. Verse two, consider it all joy, my brethren, whenever you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Uh, I read the first two and three. I, That's all good. Just keep flowing and going. I can't help it. Can't help it, man. This two through four is my favorite. Like I said, my favorite verses. So consider it all joy, my brethren, whenever you encounter various trials. Uh, there is nobody on earth that finds it appealing or wonderful or a great thing to go through a hard time, right? You know, that's, it, this is completely turning everything that the world like believes and flipping it on its head. Um, I, whenever I encountered various trials and hard times, I would completely shut down and turn my back on whatever was happening. You know, if it was my family, if it was a job, if, um, I was in trouble and having to uh, take care of different things. You know, you you start getting arrested. You're going in and out of jail, and uh, they want you to do probation and things like that. And those things would come up, and um, you know, it's yeah, I would I would just turn the other the other direction. You know, I'd shut down. I'm not doing any of it. I'm going to do my own thing. It it goes back into talking about being a servant. Like I was going to serve nobody but myself. Mm. You know, like yeah. I was not going to be underneath anybody. And so to look at this verse and understand like, okay, the things that I went through, I need to flip it on its head and, and find, find joy in those things. Like, no, you don't need to be happy or joyful that you like are in the middle of a storm, but understanding and knowing like in the back of your head, like God is preparing me for something else. Right. There's a purpose for this. Right. The joy is in the future glory yes. outcome yeah. of the trial. Yeah. Not facing the trial itself, but what the trial is doing to you in the long term. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's like I said, it's flipping everything on its head. Um 
So it goes on to verse three, knowing that you're knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So I've always looked at this in a couple of different uh, translations. Uh, the translation I'm reading out of is the NASB, and it says endurance. Uh, if you look at the King James, it says patience. Mm-hmm. Some others say like steadfastness. Yeah. And so what we have to do when you have faith in the Lord, what you have to do through these tests and trials is buckle down and patiently endure. You mm-hmm. know, you need to have a steadfastness, understanding that there is a plan and a purpose through all of this. Let your faith produce that endurance. And what our faith, um, because it's grounded in reasonableness, when it's grounded in, uh, you know, not just make-believe, it's not blind faith, right? We have reasons to believe that Christianity is true. So when we face trials, we're not facing them blindly, hoping that, you know, maybe this is going to produce something good in me. But the reason we can tackle trials is because the reasonableness of our faith in hard situations. It would be really hard to go through something that you don't know or think could possibly be wrong, Hmm. right? If, say, your car breaks down and you're saying, oh, man, I can't can't get to work, right? And you're saying, well, hopefully my car is going to start up if I just keep trying. It's like, no, that's not, that's not going to work. But what is going to work is that the God behind the trial is producing in you the patience that you need to get through it. Uh, One of the uh, (laughs) great quote that I read in one of my commentaries, it says, patience will always be the last perfected virtue. Mm. It will always be it. Yeah. Because you can always wait a little longer. <laughs> but, yeah. again, the reasonableness, because we can trust in the, uh, the reasons to our faith, we can face trials, not on some mystical, magical hope, but on truth, because that's what it's, it's resting on. So... It's a good foundation for us to endure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's what it's about. That's what it's all about. It's uh, understanding, man, that that Jesus, having that faith in Jesus, that's, that's what will get you through absolutely anything. At the end of the day, it's what it all comes back to is, is your faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Man. And so verse 4, it, it goes on and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So verse four is something that I always chew on because when you start throwing in the word perfect, I I get a little <laughs> I get a little rigid, you know. I I get a little tense because there's there was only one person who was perfect in this world, mm-hmm. and he died for us. You know, like this. There's no two ways about that, and you see people in church today and they have to put on this perfect face, you know, like they have to show up to church and feel like they need to act perfect for two hours on Wednesday and two hours on Sunday, or they start to get into this relationship with God and they see his word and all of a sudden this becomes a rule book. Yeah. I can master temporary perfection. Yeah. Is what they get into. Yes. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. But what James is talking about is complete perfect, complete perfection 
which you're saying will only be realized when Christ returns, yes. because it's only by the one who is perfect when he comes to meet me, will I then share in some of his perfection because he's been working through me. And then he's brought me into his glory and his holiness, not by anything I can achieve. Yeah. Is that rigidness? I can't get there. I can get there. I could fake it. You know, I can do that temporary perfection, but it has to be only in Christ. And uh, if, if there's anyone here that's listening, know this, you will not be good enough for heaven. Yeah. There's nothing you can do that you can somehow trick God and trick others and trick the whole system yeah. of gaining salvation. No, you have to trust in the one who is perfect and he will make you perfect, not by some sprinkle, sprinkle, now you're good. Yeah. No, he's going to work through trials to bring about this perfection, but ultimately it's going to be fulfilled when he returns and establishes his kingdom here on earth. Amen. Endure until the end. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's crazy to think, man, it's the temporary perfection. You can kind of fake it till you make it sort of deal. And you pull the wool over everybody else's eyes. But at the end of the day, like you're still struggling in your mess, but it that's, that's how it is. That's who we are. I mean, we're all flawed. You know, we we have this flesh, and um, understanding, man, that uh, enduring until the end, so that we can come to that that place, that perfect result, where we're finally one on one with Jesus at the end of the day. Whether it's uh, He comes back in the rapture, or we're on the other side of glory, we pass away and finally come face to face with Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, understanding that. So what you're saying when you're saying that when is when Jesus finally returns this is it's a lifelong it's a lifelong commitment this is a lifelong yeah the process. whole the whole steadfastness the patience all yeah. of those things is the last virtue yeah. to be to be perfected yeah <laughs> so yeah it's um good luck trying to get there early you're not <laughs> yeah and I, that's it's a scary place to be cuz I I feel like people, like I said, they think if they can just fake it enough and mm. you, you're you just, you're pulling the wool over your own eyes. You know, it's, it's such a scary place to be, man. I, you got to understand like nobody is perfect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, and that's what you're talking about is it's until the very end when we're finally, when we're finally there with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's why uh, that kind of opens up to be real, to be honest with one another. Cause when I'm talking with Don and I'm like, brother, I'm really struggling with this. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I've just had a short fuse, a short temper recently. I don't know. Don would be like, what? No, what? No, you're not supposed to be like, like, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to be, but he's not surprised that I struggle with that because we're not there yet. Yeah. So we can be open, open and honest with each other. Yeah. And that again is going to sharpen us and, and help us to grow as, brothers and as Christians, um, because Christianity allows for the roughness to shine through so that God can work through it in us. Amen. Philosophy teaches, if you get into like stoicism, to uh, not worry when you face trials, right? It'll tell you to like keep calm, just have no emotion, that kind of thing. The Bible says to be joyful in trials. That's the difference. Mm. 
is not a disconnected form of reality. It's embracing the reality of what we have and what we don't have and saying that God is in control of it all so I can be joyful. So amen. that again uh, leads to the honesty that we can have as believers that I'm not perfect, you're not perfect. We're working on getting there through the power of the Holy Spirit living within us ultimately until the end of the age when Christ establishes kingdom. And so until then we can be honest. Yeah. Until then we can really be broken before one another until then, you know, we can really move forward and not try to cover because when you cover up things, you never deal with them. No. You sweep them under the rug. You never see it out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. But that's not what Christianity wants. You know, it's yeah. teaching. That's not what God wants. So we have to bear it openly. And again, if you're struggling with that, we need to have those hard conversations and be like, all right, God, I, if I'm not open about my struggles, how can I be open with you about being my savior? Mm-hmm. That's, that's totally true. That's totally true. Those, cause those things that we don't deal with, those become strongholds. Like it talks about strongholds, strongholds in the mind. So you can talk about different things and you actually end up putting a spot within you where the the enemy, the devil, these things that you're dealing with can just sit back and hide. You know, they end up, you end up putting a wall around it and you protect it for them and they don't have to do the work. And then you're just secretly dealing with this stuff under the table. You're uh, acting like everything's all right. And that's why it, it becomes a stronghold. And it's almost like it becomes this whole task to break into this spot, to break into this sin, this stuff that you've been holding on to and hiding. And through those tests and trials, it's, it's even just dealing with the, your own, internal issues, you know, breaking into those spots that need to be broken into, letting Jesus shine the light into those dark places, revealing what's going on in your life. Because it's almost like a trial that can't be visualized and seen by others yeah. won't cause the growth that it needs to cause. Yeah. It's like you can't have a trial that just you are facing. Yeah. That's not the way it works. The way we get through it is when we're open about it with others. Yeah. And so struggle openly, pray openly, you know, love openly. Come on. And so when, <laughs> when the gates of heaven are open, then, you know, there's nothing to hide. Yeah. So that's where the, that's where the true healing takes place. You know, you, exactly. you lay yourself bare, you lay it all down at the feet of Jesus. And it's, I don't know what it is. People feel the need to just hold on to these certain things. And uh, going through the men's home, I saw this time and time again, you know, you, mm. These guys would want to come in and they get cleaned up. Uh, they get healthy, you know, they get some sleep, you know, they start to eat. They put a couple pounds back on and then all of a sudden they're okay to thinking they're, they're back to thinking they're perfect again. Yeah. And it's like, man, you're here because you struggled. You know, mm-hmm. you're here to fix things. Like, lay it down. Lay it all down. Man. Yes. Open up. Like, right. like, bear it all. Just lay it all down. And that's something that really helped me. Through it all, like I, I put it all out there. I completely changed my entire mindset. Any old thought, old mindset, old mentality, I would, I would smack that stuff down, man. It's like, nope, yeah. nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it the same way anymore. You know, I'm gonna put all of my mess out here and let Jesus do His complete work in me. You mm-hmm. know, like this is talking about. And so, it's man. Well, what I love tough, is, but, is, is that was well, C.S. Lewis when he talks about the difference between heaven and hell, he says, hell is full of clenched fists. 
Mm. Shut eyes and gnashed teeth. Oh, man. What is heaven full of? Open eyes, open hands, and open mouths, oh, praising man. and worshiping God. Yeah. We have to get to this place of being open for God to do the work within us. It's just like a surgery, right? They can't do the work if it's shut in. You got to let God get access to the broken pieces and broken yeah. areas in your life for him to do the fixing that he needs to get done. Amen. So. Amen. Yeah, Don, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love going through the book of James. Yeah, man. And shoot. I, I, I hope we can continue this. Well, we got, we got five more chapters to get through. We got five more chapters, dude. <laughs> and, and your passion for the book of James and how God has kind of used that, obviously, through his word to speak to you and change your life is something that um, people need to hear. Yeah. And uh, just shows the realness of our God, that he has taken someone who was shut in, who was wanted to be their own own master, like you said, but now has, has changed them to loosen that grip of authority and give it to the one who is ultimately in control. Amen. Amen. So couldn't have said it better myself. Well, well, <laughs> man, you're great. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, we just uh, hope that this is, encourages you. And uh, we pray that through the work of Jesus Christ, he will make us all perfected one day. Amen. So remember to grow in grace. Thanks for listening.